you've been searching for a podcast that shows up in your nightmares, one that shakes you to your core, look no further. This is the Eerie Parlor. Short stories inspired by urban legends, real life experiences, folk tales, or nightmares. Take your seat and help yourself to the refreshments. Now we begin. Here's your host, Lady of the Woods. guy where's your owner he must be coming soon huh i'll go ahead and put on some tea then wait where are you going and what is all that bark you're tracking in here excuse me are you the lady of the woods i need your help to find my dog max he's my best friend and something happened to him my aunt gave me this teacup and told me about this place i did what she told me to do and I can't believe I found you. Oh, I think I might have seen him. Wait just one moment. No, you don't understand. That can't be. I lost him about five weeks ago. You have to listen to me, please. Okay, okay. Calm down and tell me exactly what happened. It happened a while ago, but I think he's still alive. The evening felt like any other that season. The sun had gone down, but its last warmth and glow of the day was still lingering. After dinner, my dog Max and I practiced a couple of tricks we had been working on for a little while. He's very smart, but very stubborn, so we were still working on the basics like sit and down, but he'll surely play fetch all day. After practice, I let Max out to use the bathroom and gave him some time to sniff around before bed. I followed him out since he's been known to explore a bit too far into the neighbor's yard. We got an acre of backyard, and that's still not enough for this boy to sniff at. The backyard is cut off, but there is a pretty large forest behind my house, so sometimes the local wildlife will come into my area looking for food. There's never been anything big like a bear or a mountain lion. All I've seen from this forest have been deer, or really fat raccoons trying to dig in the compost bin. My father is quick to get his gun out and scare anything away that he thinks might be a problem. And if my aunt's around, she goes wild, burning sage and spilling salt. She's always had a feeling that there was something living in those woods, so she gave me an amulet. Honestly, until this happened, I don't know if I would have fully believed her. I've always been more willing to entertain my aunt's ramblings, although I still found some things funny or preposterous. But I remember some stories she would tell me as a child, and the cold sweat that would engulf my small frame. Some were enough to make me look over my shoulder, and a special few were enough to make me put some salt on my doorway. It always lasted a week or so until I forgot about it, as most children's attention spans tend to do. My parents never really thought much of my aunt's ways. My mother was a bit more understanding, being that she's been dealing with her sister for years and loves her dearly. My dad, on the other hand, thinks it's all bogus, but keeps his mouth shut to be polite. As I peered out at the dense forest, I watched the light splintering through its trees. That's when Max suddenly nudged my hand with a stick in his mouth, smiling up at me. 
I smiled back down at him and patted his head as he dropped the stick at my feet. I figured a bed of fetch before bed won't hurt. Not like I had much of a choice with Max. I grabbed the stick and tossed it as far as I could. Max bolted off towards it. He quickly nabbed it and was back at my feet in seconds. I knew I was gonna have to do better. As I revved up for a stronger toss, I noticed a movement in the bushes. Something rustling in the tall grass right at the tree line to the forest next to our greenhouse. I kept watching. Max nudged my hand again, confused as to why I had stopped. I looked down to reassure him and noticed movement again. I quickly looked back to see tools falling over in the greenhouse. The greenhouse doesn't have a door, but there's not much room for something to be in there since it's filled with gardening tools and the veggies my mom is propagating. I remembered her long lecture about making sure no critters get in to destroy her hard work. Last month, something got in there and completely trashed it as she was not happy. Figuring I better listen than to get an earful from her, I began to make my way over to the greenhouse. I told Max to stay as I made my way closer, not wanting him chasing after anything and making this worse. I tried my best to peer inside with my phone light. I inched a little closer. I might have been four feet away from the greenhouse, but I still couldn't see anything. As I came closer to the entrance, I peered at the ground trying to look for tracks. I saw something that looked like deer tracks, but then other tracks that looked like a mountain lion. It was weird because they blended so well, almost like one had walked right over the other's path. My confusion from the tracks was suddenly interrupted by a growling coming from the darkness in the shed. This growl was guttural, almost wet sounding. It wasn't right. The hairs on the back of my neck started to stand. I instinctively ran like hell towards the house. Yelling for Max to come inside, I locked the door and closed the blinds. It was too late to call animal control, and my parents were out of town. I had hoped that whatever the hell it was would be gone by the time the sun came up. I also felt relief knowing that my aunt was coming in to check on me tomorrow morning. As I opened my eyes the next morning, I felt an overwhelming happiness to see light peeking through the blinds and reflecting on my floor. Despite our lack of sleep, Max and I had survived the night. I opened the front door this time to let Max go potty. He went off to go take care of business. Max? I ran to the front door to call for him. No answer. Max? Max? Suddenly, I heard a scratch on the back door. I thought to myself, don't panic. Maybe he went to the back? That's when I looked out the blinds on the door to see Max, silently staring and pawing at the frame. I reached for the handle to open the door, but something told me to stop. Something primal. I lifted the blinds on the door to look at Max, who was staring dead at me in the eyes. His eyes. They were his eyes, but different. I asked him where his collar was and was met with silence. I told him to sit. He sat. Next, I asked him to lay down. He laid down, still staring right at me. Something wasn't right. That's when I asked him to speak. We had practiced that trick before, but he had never quite gotten it. That's when I heard something I'll never forget. Max opened his mouth to say, My stomach dropped. I looked at him in terror. Max repeated it again. 
hungry. Then he started gagging. <laughs> to my disbelief, I watched him cough up his entire collar, tag and all. That's when I knew that this was not Max. I gasped and quickly locked the door and grabbed my phone to call the police. I looked to the door again to see Max had grown. His body had elongated to the height of the door and he was now growling and salivating while looking through the glass. I knew I had to run. I screamed and ran as fast as I could to my room with the phone in hand. I tried my best to blurt out whatever I could, but the sheer terror from what I had witnessed stopped me from speaking coherently. I frantically searched my room for something to protect myself and found a pair of scissors. The 911 operator stayed on the phone with me, trying to calm me down. I waited with my back to the bed, facing my door until I heard the sirens and my aunt outside. The police and animal control never found anything but the collar and treated me like I was crazy. My parents thought that it was a mountain lion, but my aunt believed me. She took me aside that morning and told me about a place that had helped her once. A place that could help me find my Max. She explained that all I had to do was think about how scared I was and about how badly I wanted to see Max again. If it worked, when I opened my eyes, I would see a building on a path full of wisteria trees. She told me to go inside and ask for a host. The Lady of the Woods. That's you, isn't it? Indeed it is. And what might be your name? Mm, Matthew. Listen to me, Matthew. I need you to run out of here as fast as you can. Don't look back, just run. Whatever you hear, just run. I don't know how it got past my defenses, but whatever wanted you before is here. Now run! A good fire spell always does the trick, but what a mess. Well, I guess some are bound to get through every once in a while. That sort of unwelcome activity has been picking up of late. Hopefully nothing worse than this rears its ugly head. You've been listening to the Eerie Parlor. Our mission is to terrify you. <laughs> Electrify and rock you to your core. Each episode is a short horror story inspired by urban legends, real life experiences, folk tales, or nightmares. It's what we do. Join us next time, but in the meantime, find us on Instagram at The Eerie Parlor. You survived another episode. Next time, you may not be so lucky. <laughs>